welcome to the Soul Revival Church Podcast. My name is Melissa Poisel, and my husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival. Thank you so much for listening in. We pray that today's message is encouraging and inspiring. Good morning and welcome to Soul Revival Church at Home. My name is Melissa Poisel. My husband TJ and I are the lead pastors here at Soul Revival Church. And we're welcoming you live from our home to your home. And we know that you're home too because we're in the middle of a blizzard. (laughs) Because we're in Wisconsin. And go figure, right? Um, I'm so excited though to be able to be coming to you preaching this message this morning as we continue on in our series called Rooted. This is week three. And actually I was supposed to preach this last Sunday and wasn't able to. And I'm really excited that I can still share this message that God has laid on my heart. And he's been really stirring up this same message within our church family. And so I just know that he has a word for us this morning as we jump into what it looks like to be rooted in community. To be rooted in community. Week one, we kicked it off with talking about being rooted in God's word. Standing in truth knowing what God's Word says and living it out and how important that is as our foundation. Week two, TJ talked about being rooted in purpose. What is our purpose? Our purpose is to be able to share the gospel and make disciples. That's what God tells us to do. But within that purpose, God has created each one of us unique. And we have a special calling on our life. And so he's going to help us carry out this purpose in a special way through our individual callings. And TJ touched on that so well. And you can't really have a healthy Christ-centered community without first starting there, being rooted in God's word and being rooted in knowing your purpose. So I'm really excited to get to jump in this morning and kind of elaborate more on what it looks like to have this Christ-centered, healthy community. Before I jump in, I'd love to pray together this morning and set our hearts right for what this, um, this message has, what God has through this message for us. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for this time that we're still able to gather, maybe at separate houses, but it's still united through you. And God, I know that you have this word for this time And so, God, I pray that you would help me to get out of the way. And Holy Spirit, I pray that that this word would go out and that you would help us to receive it um, and be transformed through your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was thinking about community, I was thinking about how important it is to feel like you belong. And when I thought about trying to find a place to belong, I realized how early on in my life that actually started, that that desire to belong to something or somewhere or someone, it really starts when you're really little and you're looking for a place to belong and you look to your family. Do I belong? Do I fit in? Do you love me and accept me as I am? And as you grow up, this desire, this search for belonging drives you, doesn't it? It drives you to different friend groups, maybe different sports teams. It drives you to different workplaces or different schools and colleges. I mean, sometimes it drives you to different churches. Sometimes it drives you to different bars. Sometimes it drives you to all the wrong places because deep down in every single one of us, 
We're looking for belonging. We're looking for a place to say, yes, I know you, I love you, I see you. You belong, you belong. I just wanna encourage your heart right now, if you are a Jesus follower, you belong. You belong to the family of God. So whether you realize it or not, within the family of God, you have so many brothers and sisters in Christ who are loving Jesus like you and chasing after all he has for their lives just like you. You belong. You belong to him. The Bible says in Romans 8:16 that for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Isn't that such a cool thought? Not only do we belong to God, that he says that we're his children, but he gives us affirmation. How many people could use a little affirmation sometimes? He says, I want to affirm you. You are mine and I love you. And he says, I have called you. I have chosen you. I have adopted you into my family. He, he goes on and he says, you know, you belong to me and I belong to you. It's this deep love and connection. And so that's where we start. When we think about what does it look like to have a Christ-centered, healthy, growing community? What does a healthy church look like? We start with the fact that we belong to Him, that we belong to the family of God. It's not this, this search that we have to try to seek out in other places. He says, start there. I've already told you, you belong. You belong. And in fact, in Ephesians chapter one, he tells us that we've been marked with a seal, a promised Holy Spirit. The promised Holy Spirit is our seal on our lives. It's this like stamp of approval, this this mark that we forever will be known that we belong to Him. It's our guarantee. How awesome to know that you are guaranteed to belong in the family of God. So that's where we start. We begin with knowing that we belong to Him. So we're not searching out this feeling. Where do I fit in? Where do I belong? We know it to be true. We belong to Him. We belong to Christ. So now that we know that, now that we understand, yes, I belong to the family of God, He calls our heart to respond to that out of love. And as I was preparing for this message, the Holy Spirit just hit me hard with this one word over and over and over again. And I really believe it's the key to church and community the way that God designed it, because God did design community. He created the church. And if we want to experience the power of community in Christ, then he's asking us to respond with this one word, commitment. Commitment, did you think I was going there? Commitment. So in fact, this message is going to be called, if you're taking notes, commitment issues. 
I said the name to TJ. I was like, this is the message. This is what it's called. And he's like, didn't you have a message called attachment issues and daddy issues? I'm like, maybe I've just got issues. <laughs> but it's true. This I feel like our church, not our Soul Revival Church, but the Big C Church is lacking experiencing how community actually could be because we're lacking this thing called commitment. And he's asking us, will you commit? And there's three different areas that he's asking us to respond and to, to make a commitment in. He wants us to commit to grow. He wants us to commit to grow and to mature in him. He wants us to commit to contribute to the body of Christ. And he wants us to commit to the cause of Christ, to building his kingdom. When we talk about the commitment to growth, this is twofold. So he's asking us to commit to growth in our own relationship with him and, and mature as believers. But he's also asking us, will you commit to helping one another grow? I don't know how many times in the Bible he gives us direction to say, teach one another, admonish one another, speak the truth and love to one another, encourage one another, look for ways to help one another grow. So it's not just this commitment to say, I want to grow. I want to mature in Christ. I want to live out my faith but it's looking around constantly at my brothers and sisters in Christ and saying, how can I help you grow into everything that God has you becoming? How, what can I teach you about what God's teaching me? How can I encourage you with how he's encouraging me? It's always looking for ways to help one another grow as well as help ourselves grow. So our goal is to be more like him and to help others become more like him. He says that we're ambassadors for Christ. If we're ambassadors for Christ, that means, you know, I think about the brand ambassadors um, that, you know, they wear the logo head to toe. You know what brand they're representing. So when you think about you're an ambassador for Christ, people in your life and all around you better know who you're representing. They better know and see Jesus in you and the way that you talk in the way that you love, in the way that you live, in the way that you lead and serve. I hope they see Jesus in every single one of us. But the thing is, is that a lot of times our lives don't reflect Jesus. They reflect our own opinions. They reflect our own junk or I don't, I mean, there's so many things that kind of get in the way, the busyness of our day-to-day -day life. And he's asking, will you not only just know the word, but will you commit to allowing the word of God to transform the way you live? See, if we want to be transformed by the word of God, then we have to take the information that we read and then we have to add in application. We actually have to apply what we're learning to our lives to live it out. And that's where we're going to see transformation. That's where the heart transformation comes in. That's where we get to grow to be more like Him and more 
into everything that he has us becoming. And as we do that, we inspire growth in our brothers and sisters in Christ around us. We have to be committed to, to be maturing believers. So if the commitment is to grow, if our commitment is to grow, then we won't quit when it gets challenging. And let me tell you, growth is always going to be challenging. It's going to challenge our flesh. It's going to challenge our human desires. It's going to ask us to lay ourselves down and pick up the cross. Growth is going to, I think of iron sharpening iron, right? When it's rubbing up against one another, that's friction. That's tension. It's getting all the junk off to sharpen that one another. And so growth can be painful. Growth can sometimes not be fun. But he's asking us to commit to it. He's saying, I know it's not going to be easy. I know that it can be challenging. But if we commit to, to grow, then we're going to commit to not quitting when it gets hard. And we allow God to cultivate the soil of our heart. We allow him to do the work within us so that our hearts grow and mature and become more like him. And our roots just grow deeper into his word. I really believe that in a lot of ways, we're spiritually stunted in our growth because we have this thing called transplant syndrome. And I don't know if you've heard of that or not because I, I really think I just made it up. <laughs> but transplant syndrome, okay? So bear with me because this might be um, a made up thing. But listen, transplant syndrome is where we want to experience the fruits. We want to experience the fruits of growth or the harvest. But whenever the environment that we're in gets too tough, we transplant ourselves to a new one, okay? And the more that we uproot and move on, the more our spiritual growth is stunted because there's no place for our roots to grow down deep. And we miss out on the harvest that could be because we're chasing after an environment to try to meet our own needs. Transplant syndrome. Are we picking up and uprooting when things get hard? This can be relationships, family, friendships. This could be your workplace, your school, your church, whatever it looks like. When things get tough, are we transplanting? Are we uprooting and moving to try to meet our own needs by changing our environment? Instead of allowing our environment, God, to use that those challenges to help us to grow deeper roots and experience and bear more fruit from our life. Because the more you transplant a plant in real life, the lower that plant's chance of growth and bearing fruit. So God is asking us to go where he calls us within the body of Christ. What does that mean? I believe that God created church he created the local church to help propel his kingdom forward here on earth. And I believe that he calls every single one of us into different churches. And then once we, he calls us to a local church, he's asked, he asks us to commit to that church. 
He's asking us to be committed and plant ourselves in community. He's asking us to be committed to helping that community grow and growing ourselves within it, all with one cause in mind, and that's His kingdom here on earth. It's all Christ-focused. What would He have us do, and how does He want to propel His church forward through every single one of us? And He does this by using us to be a part of sharing the good news about Jesus, making disciples, teaching one another, admonishing one another, encouraging one another in love. And as we commit to growth in Christ, we are more equipped, we're better able, the stronger we are in our own relationship with God, we're better able to help our brothers and sisters grow in Christ as well. And like I said, that growth actually, ins we inspire one another to continue to push forward, to continue to chase after Jesus. And listen, if we are committed to helping our community grow, that also means that we don't quit on one another. That's a hard one. But we have to commit to not quitting on one another. See, challenges are going to come because we're all human. We're all broken. And you know what? Relationships can be so messy. They really can. It's two different people with different opinions coming together and being united in Christ, but still very different people. But he's asking us, will you commit to putting my kingdom above yours? Will you commit to community? Because the truth is, is that the challenges that we face, the tensions that we face, they help us to grow. They actually contribute to growing us up in the Lord. They contribute to developing our character to be more like Him. And all of these differences, they actually, as they help us grow, it's like the nutrients within the soil that help cultivate our heart and develop our heart so that we can bear more fruit for the kingdom. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. He's not actually saying he's a, he's a prisoner for serving the Lord. He's, he's bound to this, this obligation out of love that he's going to serve the Lord. If it, I mean, he was a prisoner at some point for serving the Lord, but he's just saying that I'm so compelled to serve the Lord. And he's asking us, will you live a life worthy of that calling as well? You're called to that too. And he says, always be patient with one another, making allowances for one another's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. However, He has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. How many times did you just hear the word one? He is calling us to be one, one with Him 
to be united as one body of Christ, to share in one faith, in one mind, and one purpose as we work together toward the unity and love. And it is going to take work. That's why we need to be committed to one another. The goal is always to be more like Jesus and to help others be more like Jesus. The next thing that we need to commit to is this commitment to contribute. So we're going to commit to growth, both our own and one another's, and we're going to commit to contributing to the, to the body of Christ. As we go on in Ephesians, it says, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up his church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be like immature children. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is what I want you to see here, that we are one body, but with many parts. He says that he's graced us with different gifts. He's graced us with unique abilities and that we are all necessary. We're all needed in the body of Christ, that we all have a special work. And as we all work at what he asks us to, our unique giftings, we're actually all working together so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We're all doing our part. We're all contributing to the body of Christ. That's how we get a healthy community. So it's one body, many parts. See, the problem with searching for a community that you fit into or that you have that feeling of belonging sometimes is that oftentimes you end up in a community that looks like you, talks like you, thinks like you, lives like you, and there's no diversity. But friends, let me tell you, the kingdom of God is full of diversity. That's how it should be. We should be rubbing shoulders within the body of Christ with people who think differently than us, who look differently than us, who act differently than us, who come from different backgrounds and life experiences, different testimonies than us. That's how the kingdom of God looks. He's called us to diversity. He's marked, his kingdom is marked by this beautiful diversity. And it works best, like we just read, when there's many parts with special work to do, all unique, but all contributing to one cause with Christ as the head. That's how we work within a healthy community. We have one mind and one purpose and one body, but we need every single part 
to contribute to the whole. We need to be surrounded. <laughs> we need to be surrounded by people within the body of Christ that look different. It's our differences that are our best contribution to the community. It's how we, it's how we make it work well together. And you know what, I think the church is, is under attack in so many ways and believers are being divided by their opinions and by their differences more than we are being united by the blood of Jesus Christ and living out that truth. We can't take our cues from the world. There's so much division out there. There's so much division within our country and we can't look like that. We can't look like the world looks like. He's asking us, will you work towards unity? Will you work towards peace? Will you work so that you look like the, the kingdom of heaven here on earth? One body, but many parts all working together, speaking the truth in love, iron sharpening iron. If we remain committed and planted in community, that God has called us to, we're bound to face some challenges. We're bound to have some tensions, but it's those challenges that force us to grow and that shape our character to be more like Christ. He designed us, the whole body of Christ, to be many parts contributing to the whole. And that's how we work best when we're all working towards one purpose. And that is to build his church. That is to share the gospel. That is to make disciples. To, to lift his name up above all else. We don't have to worry about if our opinions are getting heard or if we're getting our needs met. He tells us, I will take care of everything that you need. I will meet your needs. I am more than enough. So we don't have to go into different places and different communities with our hands out saying, can, can you meet this need in me? Can you give me this emotional support? Can you fulfill this? Can you, we're not asking for anything. We're coming in as contributors and we're saying, I know where I, where my source is. I know where my help comes from. I know that Jesus will meet every need that I have. So I'm here to say, what can I do? How can I contribute? Christ is the lifeblood that flows through every one of us. And he's meeting every one of our needs so that we can function in the way that he intended us to within the body of Christ. Luke chapter 12, verse 31 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your Father great happiness to give you the kingdom. If we're all seeking His kingdom above ours, if we're all seeking His purpose above our own desires and our own will, His will above ours, if that's our goal, if that's what we're seeking, then He's going to give us everything that we need. And He's going to cause the body of Christ to work whole and healthy and together for that one purpose. When we receive all that we need from Christ and when we apply his truth, these truths from his word, we realize that we are in fact created to contribute to this beautiful big plan of his, to reconcile the world to himself 
through Jesus, through his church. We were created for more, and we can only experience more within the context of community, where we're committed to the cause of Christ together and to living out our calling together. If you have breath in your lungs right now, then you can know that it was given to you as a gift. And ask him why. When you wake up in the morning and you know that 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 breath is a gift, you say, God, what do you have for me to do today? Because I know that you've given me this day. So how can I follow in your plans for my life? Your life is full of meaning and purpose and you need to know that. You need to know that you're needed and necessary within the body of Christ and that we are called to be spiritual contributors, not consumers. It's funny because this famous speech, JFK's speech was running through my head and I just felt the Holy Spirit say over and over, ask not what the church can do for you, but what you can do for the church. Ask not what Christ can do for you, but what can you do for Christ? And at first I was like, wow, that's kind of harsh. (laughs) But then I realized he's just calling us to more. He's inviting us to more. He's saying, I've actually created you, equipped you, enabled you to be a contributor. So what can you contribute? See, a spiritual consumer is focused on self. How do I get my needs met? Where do I get fed? How can I... How can I grow or what can people give me or how can I get this feeling or this emotional need met? And it's just focused on me, myself, and I. That's what a spiritual consumer does. And this is actually in direct opposition to what Jesus is asking us to do as believers, as Jesus followers, to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow him. But see, a spiritual contributor is focused on the mission of Jesus Christ and how we can use our gifts that God has graced us with to add value wherever we go so that God is glorified. And that's the key. It's not just adding value for value's sake, but it's saying, God gifted me and graced me with this. So how can I use these gifts? to add value so that he gets glorified, so that people see him and me, so that people praise him for what I'm able to contribute. Go back to Ephesians 4, um, verse 16, where it says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Every one of us has been graced with gifts to help build the church. Every single one of us. And any voice in your head that tells you that you don't have value or what could you possibly add or, or anything less than that is not from the Lord. If you think through even just how God created your personality, you could smile at someone and bless their day. God can use that. Can you pray for someone? Can you encourage someone? Can you help with technology? Because that's a huge need. Can you sing? Can you play an instrument? Can you put in some time? Can you put in hard labor to help build something in the community? I mean, there are so many different ways. Can you just encourage? 
Can you love? Can you pray for someone? That is so huge and so powerful and so necessary that we are able to contribute these type of amazing gifts to the body of Christ. Community as the church, as the body of Christ, is not only a gift, but it's God's big plan. It was his idea. He designed it. He created the church to build his kingdom here on earth and be the driving force to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are praying for God to step in so often and to save our country and to save our culture and to save our friends and to save our family. But friends, he's already given us the answer. He's already given us the answer and he's asking if we would be the ones to step in and actually be the church to the world. We're asking God to change our world. Our world is up in arms right now. And there's so much division and there's so much chaos and there's so much going on. And we're saying, God, just save this country. Do something, step in. We can't take it anymore. And he's saying, I do want to change the world, but I want to do it through you. I want to do it through you and not just you individually, but you within the body of Christ. And what does that look like? How can we commit to our own growth and to helping one another grow? How can we commit to be contributors to the body of Christ? And how can we commit to his cause above our own? We have to be committed to be able to lay ourselves down so that the world would know him by the way that we live out his truth. So what does it look like to live this out? I wanted to read from Colossians chapter 3. This is verses 12 through 17, and this is in the Passion Translation. It says, you're always and dearly loved by God. That's where we start. We are loved and we belong. So because of that, robe yourselves with virtues of God, since you have been divinely chosen to be holy. Be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness toward all. Be gentle and humble, get this, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way that you have been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, release the same gift of forgiveness to them. For love is supreme and must overflow through each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Let your heart always be guided by the peace of the Anointed One, who called you to peace as part of one body. And always be thankful. Let the Word of Christ live in you richly flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with the Psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One and bring your constant praise to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you.
This is what community looks like. This is what it looks like to be committed to growing in Christ, to helping one another grow, to contribute to his cause, to his kingdom above ours. As I was thinking about being rooted, it led me to kind of researching about trees and I do not have a green thumb. Uh, I kill everything, basically. But I found a really interesting article and it was talking about the tallest forests in the world and what makes them special and why they actually grow to be so tall. And it said that the tallest forests are the way that they are because they're planted close together and they're sharing the nutrients and the systems beneath the soil. And then they grow so tall because they actually challenge one another to grow up higher, chasing after the sun. So they're sharing the nutrients beneath the soil. Their roots are growing down, down deep. And then they're challenging one another above the surface, chasing after the sun. Did you catch that? When I read that, I was just blown away. I was just blown away. And you know what? These tall forests of the world, you know what they provide? They provide the most shelter and beauty and strength in this display of God's glory that is so attractive. You're drawn to this beauty. And I thought that is so much like what God wants to do through the church. He wants us to share the nutrients of God's word so that our roots grow deep and we're working together to grow and then challenge one another to chase after Jesus, to grow upward in our faith and grow taller and taller and taller, grow mature in our faith and be able to bear the fruit that he's called us to. And as we do that, this beautiful picture of the church, healthy and growing and reflecting the glory of God will draw people in. It will be attractive because it's not like what we see in the world. It's a display of His glory and His love like none other. And this is what He's asking us to do. This is what He's inviting us to be a part of. But He says we have to commit. We're never going to get to experience that unless we say, yes, I commit. I commit to growing closer to you. I commit to applying your word so that I can be transformed from the inside out. I commit to helping my brothers and sisters in Christ grow and mature and become disciple makers. I commit to contributing whatever I have, whatever you've given me, to your church, to your kingdom, to your cause above my own. Because you know what, it's not about finding the right community. It's not about trying to find the place where you fit in or the right community. It's about building the community that God has intended it to be, the way that he designed it. And it's about chasing after his kingdom. Your will be done, not mine, on earth as it is in heaven. Chasing after his kingdom altogether, collectively above our own individual kingdoms. And it all starts with recognizing that you are already loved. You already belong. 
whether you realize it or not, you have a family in God. And he's saying, I want you to be a part of something so much greater, so much bigger than you. But will you commit? Will you commit? Everything that we do should be to become more like him so that the world can see him in us and they would be drawn into relationship with him so that his kingdom would be known. And that's, that's the goal of having a healthy community in Christ. So I just want to, wherever you're at right now, I just want to pray with you. And I want to invite you to step out and step into that level of commitment to say, God, I know. I know I've been reading your word, but I haven't been committed to allowing it to transform my life. And, and I want to commit to that today. I want to commit to allowing your word to grow deep down into my soul and to change the way I live and talk and act and love and lead. I want it to transform me. I want to commit to helping my brothers and sisters grow by, by sharing what I know about you, by giving my testimony, by encouraging them with what you're encouraging me with. I want to commit to contributing. I want to commit to say, God, what is it that you want me to do? How can I help encourage others? How can I help build the church? How can I help see your kingdom advanced here on earth as it is in heaven? And how can I help carry out the gospel into all the world and make disciples? How can I commit to that today? Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you love us and you meet us right where we're at and that you call us chosen and adopted into your family. And God, I pray that you would help us to have the courage to respond out of your love for us and our love for you, that we would respond and say, yes, I commit today. I commit to a relationship with you. I commit to growing and maturing. I don't want to just stay where I'm at anymore. I want to be transformed from the inside out. I want your word to grow deep roots into my soul and transform my life. And I want to help my brothers and sisters grow. And I want to be able to use the gifts you've given me to help build your kingdom here on earth. God, I pray that you would just speak to our hearts, encourage our hearts, and inspire us, motivate us in ways that we can be an encouragement to one another. And that we can help each other become more like you and step into our God potential and our God-given purposes. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And you know what? If today you've been searching for a place to belong and you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, and God's been stirring something up in your heart, and you want to know what that's like, and you want to step into a relationship with Jesus, we never end a service without giving you that invitation. Maybe today is the day that you say, you know what, my first step is just to say, I want to commit to a relationship with Jesus. I want to step into that. 
And I just want to say, invite you into that right now and say there's no magic prayer that you have to say. There's nothing that you have to do. You just, the Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. And so I'd like to pray over you right now as well. God, I thank you for the ones that are making that decision today to say, you know, I didn't know that I could belong to a family. I didn't know I could belong to, to God the way that, that she's talking about right now. And God, I pray that you would give them just the courage to step into a relationship with you for the first time, to know that they are forgiven and loved right where they're at by a loving Savior, that you died on the cross with them in mind to say that you, your sins are counted against you no more and that they can step into that kind of relationship, God. And I pray that you would just come alongside them and continue to give them the strength to keep making that decision, to commit to you, to commit to your word, to commit to family. And God, I thank you for that decision in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for being brave enough to make that decision. If you made that decision, I would encourage you to share that with someone today. I know that someone's been praying for you, and so I bet they would love to know that you stepped into a relationship with Jesus today, and we celebrate that with you this morning. And we'd love to come alongside you, so if you'd like to drop it in the comments, um, feel free so that we can just encourage you today in that decision that you just made. Wow, what an encouraging message. What a way for us to reflect on the importance of having true biblical community. That together we get to be a part of something so special, but we can't give up on one another, that we must fight for relationship because God's called us to relationship with Him and with each other. Woo! I'm still blown away by the message that Melissa shared this morning. What an encouragement. I hope it blessed you as much as it blessed me. Uh, and at this time, we also want to invite you, if you call Soul Revival Church home, uh, this is our opportunity to give back, to be a part of what God's doing, to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you're a guest with us this morning, no worries whatsoever. We don't want anything from you this morning was for you. But if you do call Soul Revival Church home, this is our opportunity to join financially, to be a part of all that God has for us in our church family and beyond, to be able to impact our community with the hope and love of Jesus. Thank you for joining Soul Revival Church Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us to help reach more people with the hope and love of Jesus. If you would like to support our ministry, you can visit us online at www.soulrevival.church.